the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 7. He just warned us not to be partakers or participants with the sons of disobedience. For through sin, the wrath of God is revealed. And he identifies them as sons of disobedience because the thing you need to remember is all throughout Ephesians, there's this, this thread that runs in it. There's this foundation underneath it. There is this very clear message that this is about who you are. This is your identity. And he makes it clear that those who are in darkness, those who are in sin, that's who they are. But it's not who you are. And all through uh, Ephesians, he's telling you, this is not who you are. Don't wear that. Take it off and put on the garment that suits you. Live like you are. Live through truth. We read Ephesians 5.8, and we're going to expand on that a little bit. It says, now remember Ephesians 5.7 just said, Do not be partakers with the sons of disobedience. They are related to disobedience. They are disobedient because of who they are. They are sons of disobedience. For through sin, which is what they're participating in, and what is the offspring, the fruit of their lives, through sin, God demonstrates His wrath, for God's wrath and sin are never separated. Do you understand that? His wrath is with sin. That's why you can't sin and not have some result from your sinning. And that's why it's contrary to who you are. Okay, so we're going to go to 5.8. And he says, don't participate with these guys. They're sons of disobedience and God's wrath is revealed. For once, now he's going to talk about who you were. For once you were darkness, but now he's going to talk about who you are. But now you are light. Now remember, he's not saying you were in darkness. He's saying you were darkness. That is who you were. That is your identity at that point. You were in darkness. And now, but now, Christian, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. So once again, here comes Paul driving back the whole issue of identity. There are sons of disobedience. You were part of that. You were sons of darkness. And now you are light. You are light in the Lord. And walk as children. So you are children of the light. You should walk as children of the light. That's who you are. Okay? 
So we're going to keep hammering the identity thing. Now he's not talking about behavior, he's talking about identity. And Paul is making a real stark contrast between who you were to who you are. And you can't get a greater contrast than darkness and light. You just can't do it. And he wants to make it real clear that this is who you were and this is who you are. So he's not saying you were darkness, but now you're getting lighter. He's saying that you're either darkness or you're born of light. You can't have it both ways. There's no in-between. The two have no relationship to one another. Now, to be in darkness is like being born blind. You do not know the light. You have no frame of reference regarding the light. You can be aware of this thing called light, but you don't have any relationship to it. You can't understand it. In fact, you wouldn't know it existed except somebody told you. And the truth is that you would never receive the light except that the light came upon you in revelation. Because you're blind to it. You're totally blind. You are darkness. You're not just walking in darkness. You are darkness. Okay? So, to be in darkness is like being born blind. And there are a lot of biblical analogies that are drawn from the contrast of darkness and light. The Bible is full of references of God being light. In fact, we read some last week. One of them we read was John 8:12. says, Once more Jesus addressed the crowd and he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. So, if the light is life, what is darkness? Death. Death. Now, we know that darkness is the absence of light, right? That's what it is. It's just simply the absence of light. So when Paul says, you were once darkness, he is saying you were once without God. It's the absence of God that gives birth to evil. The absence of God in anything makes it inherently evil. People are not evil as a result of what they do. They're born that way. Do you understand that? The world tries to convince you otherwise. The whole message of the world that men, men are basically good, and if they'll just do the good things, they'll be good men. And the Christians have kind of trotted alongside of them and said, yeah, that makes sense. We can work that into our theology. But it is not true. You are born darkness, and then you are born into the light, and the light has no fellowship with the darkness. People are evil not because of what they do, but because they're born that way. In darkness, you did not know God, and you couldn't have any relationship with Him. 1 John 1.6 says, So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with Him when we live, move, and are walking about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. Now, you know, don't get, don't get in there and feel like this is about whether or not you could lose your salvation because I've heard people twist this verse. But the truth of what this is saying is that you're either one or the other. The darkness can try to imitate the light, but it can't be light. It can never be light. Acts 26.18 says, To open their eyes that they may turn 
that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and a portion among those who are consecrated and purified by my faith in, in me. Look at the beginning of this. To open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light. They couldn't know to turn unless God opened their eyes to it. They had to receive a visitation of light by revelation before they would ever turn their eyes towards Him. That's the truth. The Spirit of God had to come to them and say, You have a need. Because in darkness they never would know. Darkness is being blind, no direction, no purpose, no life, being totally ruled by the enemy and the appetites of the flesh. You think you have choices, but choice is made in contrast. And in darkness, you have no wisdom. You make decisions out of what you feel rather than out of what you know is true because you don't know what truth is. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, but the lost are blind to the truth and live in slavery. The godless will make decisions based on consequences or results, but they have no moral center. They cannot define life by anything other than their desires, so they are ultimately selfish in all that they undertake to do. That's the truth of the lost. Now listen, if this doesn't sound familiar, they want to rule with their collective wisdom apart from God. And they will take a vote among themselves to decide what is right and moral. They're like a group of people who were born blind voting on what the sunset looks like. How's that going to work out? And here's the truth. Those who are in darkness need the law because they have no moral compass other than what they are told by society is acceptable and moral. This is why we have to vote on whether or not abortion should be legal. This is why we have to vote on whether or not it's right to have same-sex marriages. We're Christians. We don't need to vote on the issue. We should vote in the system. But I'm saying we don't need somebody to tell us it's wrong. We know it's wrong. In the core of our being, we know it's wrong. We have the truth within us. We have the light within us. But they don't have a moral compass. They don't have any way of knowing except what suits them. They don't know. Now, you know, here's an interesting thing. We're not blind. We don't have to create a logic or an argument to prove the truth. The truth is life to us. And you know what? I want to tell you something. And please take this in, in the right vein. I'm not being critical of those people. But I'm telling you there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians out there trying to collect knowledge so that they can argue the truth. So that they can argue the truth that somehow their arguments are going to put the truth out. Somehow the arguments are going to defeat the lie. Let me tell you something. First of all, the lost won't recognize the truth unless the Spirit of God gives them revelation. I don't care what argument you present. Secondly, when you put yourself in the position of being able to explain God, you just lost the God you're trying to explain. Do you understand that? The truth is within you. You want to put the powers of darkness at bay? Let the revelation of Christ be your life. They can't argue with that. They can't argue with it. As Christians, we are light, for we have the light as our life. Let us live out of who we are. We are the light for this world. And that life within us sets a contrast for the world. Do you recognize that? 
I mean, think about it. Do you think the lost would bother to create arguments to justify their wickedness if there was no light? Would they? Who would they be arguing to? One wicked man's wickedness is another man's wickedness. You know what? They would be arguing over who enjoys what most. But the truth of the matter is that you're the light of the world. It is the presence of Christ in you that presents the contrast that makes them want to argue and makes them want to fight and feel like they have to present an argument. And who are they arguing with? It's interesting to me. Who are they arguing? Why do they feel like they have to argue with you? It's not you. It's Jesus. And I almost want to say, you know, you flatter me. Thank you for coming at me with such vehemence and such determination because what you just revealed is that I have the living Lord Jesus within me and you don't like that contrast, do you? You know what? If I was out there arguing for Buddha, I bet I wouldn't get much vehemence. If I was out there arguing for uh, Hare Krishna, I doubt very many people would be out there arguing with me. But you just let Jesus be mentioned. In the, in the argument, you see the truth revealed. Darkness is also described as the domain of Satan. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against despotism, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the rulers, world rulers, of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Christians, we can live in the bondage of darkness, but we have to choose to live there because that's not who we are. And again, you want to battle Satan, but the life of Christ have its way in you. Yield to the truth. You walk in his life. You know, you didn't see Jesus walking along, looking for a demon in every corner, binding up the enemy here and there. You know, when Jesus cast out demons, it was usually because those people brought them to him. He didn't hunt down the devils. He wasn't concerned about them. They were no threat to him. They're defeated foe. And his, his whole idea about deliverance was to deliver the people. That was it. So that they could receive the light. So they could receive him. The only way Satan can operate against the child of God is to entice him into the darkness. By being willfully blind to the truth. That's the way you come under the power of Satan. Willfully. Willingly. That's the only way he can take you. He's a defeated foe. You are free. You don't have the chains of the enemy about you unless you choose to put them on. People give him far too much credit. They end up worshiping him in an idea that they're resisting him because he becomes the focal point of their attention in all that they do. But that's not the truth. When you, when you stand in the truth and you open your eyes to the light, you are not deceived because you have the truth within you. We've been set free. We are light. Colossians 1.13, the Father has delivered us and drawn us. He has drawn us to church. No. He has drawn us to religion. No. He has drawn us to Himself. He's drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom of His Son of love. So where is the place where there is no control of darkness? It's in Him. (laughs) 
and he drew us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So what do you think his idea in this was? Was it just to deliver us? Or was it to embrace us and to love us as his own? Think about that. Why did he draw us unto himself? He could have just delivered us, couldn't he? Because he loves us. But you are light in the Lord. This is an established fact. He doesn't say you will be light. He says you are light. You cannot change who you are, but you can live like something you're not. Look at the end of verse 8 where it says, Walk as children of the light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. It's basically saying, live life from your beginning. And your beginning is in the light. You were born. You're native born. When someone says they're native born, it means they had no other origin. When we sit and look back to being lost... And it's interesting for a lot of us who are, who were saved in early age really can't remember ever being lost. But if we look back as that, at that as our point of origin, we miss the truth of the fact that we are new creations in Christ. Our point of origin is not when we were born into sin. That was a different person. I was born again. I am a new creation. He says, all things, all the old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am completely in Him. Born out of Him. Into Him. That is my point of origin. Now, he says, walk as the children of the light. Now, Paul would not tell you to do something if you didn't have any choice. What would be the point of it? He tells you to walk in it because you can choose not to walk in it. That's why he says walk in it, because you can choose not to walk in it. Now here's where it becomes real. This is where it becomes uh, less of a teaching and more of a lifestyle. You have to choose it, to walk in it, to live it out. It says walk as children of the light. Again, it's not possible for you just to determine to be light. You must be born as children of the light because it's out of that relationship that you walk. So what does that union look like? Here again, Paul is progressive in, in his teaching. Moving to Ephesians 5.9. He says, for the fruit... I love the way the Amplified puts this. He says, for the fruit, the effect, the product of the light. Who's light? God is light. Who are you? Children of light. Okay? Of the light or spirit consist, now listen to these words, consist in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of light. When we walk in the light as children of the light, there will be fruit, not produced by our effort, but naturally produced as the fruit of the life we possess. It's the natural expression of the plant to produce fruit. So what he is saying is that you are producing fruit. You are producing fruit from the life that is in you. And it is naturally unfolding in your life even though you may not recognize it. And it is not you straining and grunting and groaning trying to push it out. You can walk into a vineyard or an apple orchard and you're not listening to a bunch of heaving and hoeing. You're not listening to a bunch of trees groan or vines going, Oh, I can't hardly handle this. What you hear is quiet. And moment by moment, day by day, almost so subtle that you don't even see it happening. 
One day it seems there's no fruit. The next day it seems it's covered with fruit. And it's always fruit in season. It always comes at the right time. And it's giving forth fruit because it's a vine and it's designed to give forth fruit. And because the life within it is going to produce it. You have a life within you that will produce fruit naturally. Not because you're determined to produce fruit, but because it's who you are. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And the Amplified says that it consists in every form of goodness, kindness, and trueness. Now how broad is that? Every form of goodness, kindness, and trueness. Wouldn't you say that encompasses a lot of your life? Well, maybe you half-empty people wouldn't say that, but it's the truth. Kindness and goodness can be a smile. Kindness and goodness can be a slap on the back. Kindness and goodness can be a good morning. Or how are you today? Kindness and goodness are all of those things. Another way to say this would be that every time that you, as a child of the light, have expressed any form of true goodness, kindness, or trueness in life, it has been an expression of the Spirit of God. It's important for you to know that. What I love about this is that it's not specific to deeds. He's not talking about certain behavior. He's talking about living life out of the character of God as a child of God. This is who you are and how you live. You may have heard it preached that a Christian should do all of these things out of his humanity. He should produce it with God's help. But I'm telling you, you can't produce this apart from the Spirit of God. You produce it out of His life. What Paul is telling you is that any expression of life for you must be produced through and by the Spirit of God. Now, darkness can only imitate that. So you have you have people who don't know God from a hole in the ground that seem to be doing kind things, seem to be doing charitable things, and you define those kindness, the kindness and the charity and the goodness by their actions. And you say, these are kind people, these are charitable people. But I'm going to tell you something. Those people are like the snakes of Pharaoh's physicians when they threw their own rods down and imitated the miracle of God. Kindness and goodness and gentleness and trueness are the work of the Spirit through you. You won't produce it otherwise. You could only imitate it if you put it out at all. So here's what happens to you, Christian. I know. You see these things manifested in your life and you think, oh, I'm just doing like everybody else. I know a guy that's kinder than me and he's lost as a goose. Oh, I know this guy. You compare it to the output of the world. But I am telling you, there's a ministry in the kindness that you present. There's a ministry in the goodness that you present. There's a ministry in the trueness that you present because it is the fruit of the Spirit of God in you. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. If you ever had a kind thought, it wasn't yours. It wasn't yours. Why do I know that? Because you have a life within you that produces it. You don't produce it just because you were raised that way. You don't produce it just because it just happens with you. You produce it because the Spirit of God makes it so in you. You see, God didn't intend for the evidences of His life in you to be all supernatural and miraculous. He wanted the evidence of His life in you to just be life. The simple things. Otherwise, you would get up in the morning with good breath and shiny teeth and never having done a thing. 
No, you're living life day by day, moment by moment, and you attribute everything that comes out of your life that could be called good, that could be called kind, that could be called true, that could be called anything other than wicked. It's the work of God in you. It's the expression of the Spirit of God in you. Walk in it. Know that whatever you see coming out from your life and your living that is good, kind, and true came out of your union with Christ. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes. How is that accomplished? The work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, confidence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Will you eliminate all those things and what's left how much of that encompass your living I'm telling you that the very life that you're living is Jesus Christ do you understand that we want to discount it we want to shove it off as being natural as being part of who we are it is part of who you are but unless you are confirmed in your identity as to who you are in Jesus Christ you will live a split duality in your soul you will constantly be warring against yourself you will constantly be in confusion you will never believe the truth of what God has done in you and how he has completely remade you made you anew is really what he's done When you have expressed any of these in any form, by word or by deed, by thought or inclination, by intention, or if you have rejoiced over their expression in the lives of others, it has been an evidence, a manifestation, a validation of who you are and your union with Christ. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation rest in his life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show christ in this world to get to know us better visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on facebook at his life fellowship and join us for worship services on saturdays at 5 p.m at 7015 wurzbach road if this message has blessed you you can help support this program with your gift to his life ministries p.o box 781 529 San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.